and welcome to Charlie the Chicken Mushroom Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kerwin, and I'm here today with Caitlin Lewis, the founder and director of Soil Cycle here in Missoula, Montana. Um, and wanted to introduce the podcast real quick for our joiners and listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this podcast is created to help shed light on our food system issues and the people that are helping to solve those issues um, in our own communities. And I think it's really important to, you know, share what we have available within our own reach um, so that we can make small steps to bigger goals. Um, so it's based off of my book, The Nine Lives of Charlie the Chicken Mushroom, um, which is a story about a chicken mushroom and his garden gang of vegetable friends. And so it does all stem around the idea that you can gain more nutrition through variety. The more things that you're eating, the more nutrients and things you're taking in. Um, but that also, you know, comes down to your soil quality, your health of your garden. And so we're going to talk today with Caitlin about that big C word, composting. Compost. Yeah, not COVID, not the other one, composting. So I'm super excited. Um, this is kind of a new passion of mine. I am shocked that I'm just getting into it. I will admit I am a late bloomer in the composting world, but now that I've kind of discovered it in all of its glory, I'm so excited to, again, like share what I know with everybody else. And hopefully, you know, if you're listening and you learn something today, um, that's the whole goal. We want to just educate our friends and family and spread the word because it's a big issue right now in our country, across the world. Um, our food systems are really in poor shape and, you know, that's affecting a lot of us through our nutrition. A lot of people are having health issues. I know that at 30 years old, my diet has completely changed based on, you know, the things that I'm eating. And a lot of that stems from where it's coming from, the soil it's grown in, the nutrients that are being put into it. So it all comes back to our soil health. Um, and so, you know, that's the big picture. And the small picture is, you know, small, again, communities doing it right. I'm here again with Caitlin, and I want to talk to her about her project, Soil Cycle. Um, first off, Caitlin, just tell us a little bit about how you got into composting and what inspired you to take the nonprofit route. Yeah, thank you so much for talking about soil health and composting, Katie. It's something I think about every single day, and so to have a conversation about it is really fun. Um, soil Cycle is a nonprofit in Missoula, Montana, um, it's very small. We're only three years old as far as an organization goes, but it's based around the community composting model, kind of like you mentioned, which means we pick up residential and business food scraps and then turn that back into compost, and then we actually give that back to our subscribers or members um, so that they can grow their own food and hopefully by doing that, even if it's a small um, garden or you're just growing tomatoes on your apartment balcony, anything like that just encourages you to complete the natural cycle um, and eat high quality foods. Um, we're also focused on sustainable agriculture and educating um, our community so that they can compost themselves if that's what they choose to do, backyard composting classes and workshops, um, as well as online education for kids. And so the nonprofit route really made sense because I believe that making a difference is about changing mindsets and you can't 
really change behaviors without changing mindsets. And so pairing education with the operations of actually composting and picking up scraps made a lot of sense. And so just was the model that was chosen. Kind of came full circle. Mm -hmm. And so how, like, when did you start to get excited about composting? Because like I said, I'm a late bloomer. I'm kind of new to the party. And did you say like 10 years ago you were learning about this or did you go to school? No. So I knew, I guess I would say I like, I knew that compost was a thing only 10 years ago. Um, my family didn't compost. I didn't come from a family that recycled. We honestly was like very American family. We ate fast food a couple times a week. Um, and so I'm coming from like, uh, um, a very traditional American or, um, you know, nineties family. And I went to school for communications in, um, and public speaking and writing and came to Missoula for graduate school and honestly didn't start really thinking about composting until I started Soil Cycle, um, which I think makes Soil Cycle unique in that way is I'm learning alongside all our members and I am continually excited about what I'm learning because it is still novel um, to me as mm-hmm. well. Was there like a, a compost like guru in your world, like Crazy Bob or somebody who was like, mm-hmm. you know, your neighbor who were like, I don't know, like had the, had composting. Like when I learned about composting moving to Missoula, it's just that kind of community here, which I love. Um, and so, you know, we got a lot of hippies in town and they've been doing it for years. And so again, like when I moved here, and the new friends that I was meeting, it was just, you know, it was a topic of conversation and I was just like enamored by the whole process. Was there somebody that like kind of opened the door for you or was it just something you stumbled upon? Um, a little bit of both. I was really into sustainable transportation and worked for the city as a bicycle ambassador. Um, and so I came at sustainability from transportation, really. Nice. And I thought about, okay, how can I pair bicycles with, you know, saving our planet, and our city didn't have uh, green waste recycling or or composting, Um, and so that seemed like a natural fit to, like, offer the community something it didn't have, and then I just started to learn, which um, I met a lot of people along the way. I wouldn't say there was one special guru, but as soon as I got interested in this topic, there's a giant community of composters all over the world. And so there was other companies that were doing bicycle-powered compost collection in Boston and Austin, Texas and Colorado. And now they're in Vermont and Pennsylvania and Ohio and New Mexico. Like, they're all over. And it's a movement that really is probably less than 10 years old. And so being able to, like, tap into that community of young entrepreneurs um, taking action mm-hmm. felt really empowering. Um, and we could ask each other questions. And we still do. I still get people contacting me now asking how to start a business like this. And I've People like me about. asking you questions and just wanting to learn more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's a great community. And it's fairly open as far as I can tell. Nice. Yeah, well, shout out to my guru, Sarah Lundquist, because she was the one who kind of got me all started about it. Um, And I do want to talk about the bicycles, because that's, again, a unique part of your operation. So that must be 
difficult one and shout out to your bicycle brigade for like hustling yes, through town um they ride you know 365 rain snow sh- sun or shine or whatever you want to <laughs> say you know it's like whatever the weather and missoula's got some crazy weather so you know how to how does that work for you guys and i know you guys just got some new um donations too so want to hear about like the new stuff you got yeah Um, so like I said, soil cycle started out completely bicycle powered. Um, and it was just me for two years with a mountain bike and a bike trailer. It's like buns of steel biking. Like, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You're biking all that time. Oh my gosh. What a workout. It it is. And I've like subbed in for some of our cyclists now. So I don't no longer do all the routes. Um, it is hard, hard work. Um, but they're really passionate and, Uh, both about, you know, composting and sustainable transportation, and they just, they love their job, which is so great. They have to be a little crazy and and gritty to do it. Um, And so we currently have 180 members um, that we pick up from residentially, and they're picking up four days a week, yeah, in all types of weather. Um, We now pay our cyclists. That was the first group of people that got paid at Soil Cycle because nice. it's the hardest work. Mm-hmm. It keeps us in business. Um, and we're raising money still currently actually to buy electric bikes to make it easier for them and also because we're reaching max capacity in some of our neighborhoods, um, which is great news, Yeah. so that we can extend our routes um, and do longer, longer routes um, and do more pickups. How can people donate? Yeah, so you can donate on Soil Cycle's website. Um, so you go soilcyclemissoula.com, and there's a donate tab, or Venmo, we hate at Soil Cycle, um, PayPal, all the great ways that okay. you can give us money. Yeah, Fantastic, <laughs> yes. Um, love all that. And so, and again, we're sitting here in your, I don't know what, I mean, it's a composting room. We're here at the um, facility. This is our fly room. It's a fly room. And there's a warm room right behind yeah. me, which is super <laughs> cool. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that tea. Is it warm tea or is it just compost tea? So you can have both. Both. Okay. Uh, it's not actually a tea either for worms or made of worms. It's not that. And it's not for humans either. It's brewing a tea or I kind of like to call it coffee mm-hmm. for your plants because it gets them all jazzed up and going. I think I'm going to need some of that. Yeah. My right. house plants are a little mad at me right <laughs> now. It's winter. It's winter. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so compost tea is super great because it's a process of soaking compost, worm castings, um, and minerals of any type. So you can, I really love using kelp. Um, you can use different rock dust, anything to give m- a lot of minerals to your plants. Um, and we can talk about that biodiversity key point of that. Um, so you, you can have your own in, uh, ingredients or recipe for composting. It can get really complicated or it can be so simple. It can just be like composted water. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole idea is if you aerate and so it's pumping water through or pumping air, sorry, through that water and compost for 24 to 48 hours, and it wakes up the microorganisms that live in that soil. Um, And so by waking them up, it makes them plant available. Okay. And so like coffee, you brew it, and then you drink it and get all, you know, caffeinated. Same thing for plants. 
by working the air into it, it wakes the microbes up, up and because it's water soluble, you water your plants and they have nutrients immediately. Where adding compost to your garden or to your house plants is great and it's a slow release of nutrients. So when would you want to use that like faster release of nutrients? Because is it kind of like a coffee buzz where it like shocks them and then it wears off? Or is it something that they break, like it shocks them, but they break it down slowly? Yeah. So they'll break it down slowly, but it is great for springtime germination. Mm -hmm. It's also really great for fruit production because so much of your plant's energy is going into producing the fruits and vegetables, and so they need an extra boost. That beginning stage, like get them going? Yep. So to get them rooted in like the spring and germinated, and then sometime in like mid-summer, like Right in the middle of summer, they're really producing. Say your tomatoes are, like, putting on fruit. And then in the fall to, like, help them um, finish out their production and kind of put them to bed. So, like, three times a year um, is ideal. And this might be a silly question, but is the tea liquid or oh, yeah. or not? Or, or, like, more like, you know, dirt? Yeah, it's liquid. It's a liquid, like, spray. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you can spray it on the foliage or the leaves of your plant. Um, and also, if you're especially if you're using worm castings, that helps with pests. So it's a total natural pesticide. Nice. Um, or it can be just poured at the base like you're watering your plants. Fantastic. And so that's something you guys are now making here and is um, available to your members as well. Yeah, so we we brew that in the summer, and it's, like, on demand because the fresher it is, the better. Mm -hmm. And so give us 24 hours notice, and we can brew it. Or even if you want to come help volunteer and, like, learn the brewing process, we're always happy to include volunteers on any part of the process. I also want to come volunteer and do the thing where you sit and bicycle and churn the compost. Is that still a thing? Yeah. So we built a bicycle-powered <laughs> uh, sifting machine. Yes, I saw that, and I was like, you know, that seems like a, I need to, like, get a little workout in, and then it seems like, again, save the planet and get a workout. Like, what a good idea. Oh, totally. Yeah. You could, like, we have our workout. It's, like, turning the compost pile with, like, pitchfork, and then we've got the bicycle-powered sifter, so you can, like, turn, you do your arms and legs. Full body. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> Now's the time. Do you need more volunteers right now, or are you guys... Do you have enough people? Man, so we've been so lucky to have so many great volunteers, and people come and go as they learn the process. They get what they want out of the organization, and so we're always taking volunteers. Um, We're also really talking about big expansions um, for spring and the summer, and so we're going to need lots of volunteer help to make um, those projects possible. Cool. So, yeah, head to that Soil Cycle Missoula.com um, mm-hmm. website and uh, inquire about getting dirty this spring and summer. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, again, we were chit-chatting um, before the official podcast about, like, why do you think people are, like, apprehensive about composting? And there's probably 800 answers to that question. I can speak from my own experience. One, you know, a little bit of ignorance. I didn't really know the importance of it. Um, I thought if you just threw your fruits and vegetables into your garbage, it's just going to go, I know it's going to the landfill, but it's just going to decompose in there anyways. So what's the problem, right? And so not knowing the huge effects of methane and, um, you know, 
just the disastrous cause it has on our planet, but also just the waste, you know? Um, so for me, it was not knowing. And then once I knew it was again, an extra step in the day, like, you know, it's kind of that, like, again, that laziness piece of like anything that's inconvenient. We've all gotten so used to convenience, um, that anything that becomes like, you know, something that's you're not used to or foreign is sometimes difficult for people. So what do you think is the hardest part of getting people on board? Yeah, you touched on a lot of good good points. I th- I'm going to answer that question, but I also want to first talk about what Katie said about the methane. Yeah, and explain please that. expand, yeah. Um, because that is really big to understand. Um, and when you, when organic material of any type, including food waste, goes to the landfill, it's, it's covered. And it's often carried there in a plastic bag. So not only is it covered when we send it to the landfill, but then it is, the land is filled in. Um, it's, in the, it's in the name, and it's called entombment. And so you're literally suffocating that organic material, and it lets off uh, methane gas slowly in the process, um, which is super damaging to the environment. It's actually like 17% of our greenhouse gases come from um, off-gassing in the landfill. Like, a lot of people want to blame cars and cows and, you know, and that's part of the problem, but, like, composting and landfills, it's like... It all adds up. It all adds up, and it's a huge piece of the puzzle, and it seems so easily fixable. And... The benefits are like, you can't outweigh the benefits. Oh, it's amazing because yeah. then you get great soil. And so that diversity I was talking about in the compost tea, um, the more microorganisms and diverse minerals that you can feed your plants, the more your food will have. And so a lot of our soil is depleted and a lot of our food is going into the landfill. So to solve two problems at once... We can compost. I know. And this gives, brings me to another question because then I was thinking, okay, you've got food that's that's not organic, that's being grown on, you know, uh, a big farm that's using chemicals and pesticides, right? And so if that stuff has the chemicals, you know, already in it, pesticides, and then that's getting composted, are those chemicals then leaching back into mm. the soil? I mean, again, it's like... Right? That's a big question, yeah. Um, and it's something that we've continually had to think about at Soil Cycle. Um, and we've chosen to focus on waste diversion, which often means we take conventionally grown produce because that is what people are eating. And so we're starting at that level. Um, and the compost process naturally breaks down the majority of those herbicides and pesticides. But... You know, not always. Mm-hmm. And so by feeding worm, um, our worms, then the processed compost, the worms then work through another layer of any residue um, that made that compost or soil tainted, I guess. Right. Or unorganic. Um, and so they, the worms are like your cleanup crew. They're like just going in and getting all the little bad things. I mean, worms are amazing. Like totally you're wearing are. one on your shirt and he's the cutest oh, yeah. little thing, but this is, this is my worm. My <laughs> they worm said I shirt. could be anything. So I became a worm farmer. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Those little guys that pop out when the rain comes. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's 
Mother Nature's so beautiful, and there's so many mm-hmm. cool things that just naturally happen. So Yeah, so Mother Nature um, designed a pretty incredible system to take care of us and to take care of <laughs> the things that we're doing to destroy the planet. She has strategies to help us clean them up. We are just fostering those natural systems. Yeah, and we just have to kind of get out of our own way a little bit, too, to, like, get off your ass and compost, people. I was like, I'm going to curse in this podcast because I'm going to get so fired (laughs) up. But it's true. It's like, again, it's that convenience thing, you know. It's just like, oh, if somebody – I mean, you guys are busting your butts on bicycles, picking people's compost up, you know, but – there is a free, you can go here in Missoula, you can go drop off your compost for free if you don't want to, you know, pay a fee or anything like that. Um, so get off your ass and compost. That's what, that's what I got to say about it. Um, <laughs> so here's another question I have about, I have so many questions and we're only going to keep this hopefully around 30 minutes. So if you're, yeah, where are we? Where are I we know at? we can get off, we can get off topic here. I'm going to try to keep us on track. And for those of you listening, mm-hmm. if you're drinking your coffee and, Waking up with us or driving in the car again. Thanks for tuning in. Put those coffee grounds in a container and compost them. Yes, save everything. <laughs> um, can there ever be too much compost? And I, that's kind of a question <laughs> I ask like all people because sometimes when we find a solution to something, we don't think 30 years down the road, right? So are we ever going to be living surrounded in piles of compost? Like we don't have anywhere to put all this shit. But Sounds dream. Right? She's like, this is my <laughs> this is my dream. But like then you think of places like New York City where they don't really I mean they have the rooftop gardens, but they don't have land. So you've got all these people living there, millions of people. So if they all compost, right? We make a, a national thing where everybody's mandatory composting. Like they're gonna have to out put it somewhere else. So they're gonna give it to places that have room for it. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna be creating a lot of compost. You know, we we just consume. So do you think like if everybody in the United States was composting, like, would we have too much or can we never have enough? Um, I've never thought about this, but thinking about it is, is really mind blowing. It's very cool because if we are, if we are eating, we always will need soil and that means we need good quality soil a large percent of our topsoil has disappeared. Um, And that is because it's not alive. And so we actually, not only is there not going to be too much compost, is we we need it faster than we we need a lot. Yeah. Um, Because anytime you're growing, so any farm needs compost, or soil amendment or, or, you know, whatever strategy they want to take. And then they need to cover it so it no longer dries up, gets um, burnt, and then blows away with the wind. And that's a whole other conversation yep. about your <laughs> agriculture we could talk about. That's the next topic I want to talk to you about for sure. Um, but if we talk more about growing locally in, in localizing food systems... We need lots of soil to build those systems. And so in cities, there's more push towards greenhouse gardens and more people are getting interested in growing their own food for self-sufficiency sake. Um, and so I think we're going to need large amounts of soil. Well, I hope like, you know, again, I think we all wish and hope that some good things come out of this pandemic life we've been living. And I think it's definitely, for myself included, brought a lot of these topics 
to the forefront of these conversations. I mean, again, it's like, oh, everything's shutting down. Where's our food going to come from? Are the trucks going to get to Missoula? And if the trucks can't get to Missoula, do we have enough farms to support this community? And are people prepared? And the answer is no. Like half of the people don't know how to grow food. I mean, don't know where it's coming from. So, you know, and a lot of more people, again, are like reaching out to this kind of they're buying plots of land and starting to farm. So I think it's a good thing, but we can't we can't talk about it enough. So um, there could never be too much compost. I don't think that there could be. <laughs> okay, perfect. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, again, I, I always want to think ahead, but we, we need more every day. Um, let's see. So when we talk about getting the nation on, you know, that's that's a dream of mine. You know, getting everybody to compost. I know Vermont passed in July. You know, they're the first state to have mandatory composting. Um, so, you know, if if they if the trash guy comes and there's organic matter in the trash, I think you know the first time it's a slap on the wrist, and then maybe the second time it's a little bit of fine. But eventually, they're gonna stop picking up your trash. Is kind of like the motto or the rule. So, do you see? Missoula being able to come to that same conclusion, like, can we get this whole county composting? And where are we at in that conversation? Because I know there's a couple other people in town that are composting. So are we starting to have those conversations? Those conversations are definitely starting to happen, um, which is very exciting. Uh, Missoula passed a zero waste initiative. Um, So... Really what that means is their goal as a city is to reach 90% waste reduction um, by the year 2050. And so to do that, so it's not actually 100% zero waste because that's very difficult. Um, Right, And very few cities actually even accomplish total zero waste. Um, But that's huge. Um, And that means that other businesses are going to have to support that. Um, And so, yeah, there's Missoula Compost Collection, um, which is doing phenomenal work, especially with restaurants um, and big event composting. Um, And then Recycling Works is mostly focused on glass, which is something that we haven't really had Mm -hmm. um, consistent access to glass recycling. So really stoked that they jumped on board and started doing glass recycling um, just in the last two years. Um, and so I think, I think they, there will be movement towards, um, more people having access to compost services. I don't see a mandate happening for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised if there one day is a mandate. Um, but a lot of other cities and states are going to have to pass those probably before we do. Um, but I think providing the option for every single person in Missoula County at least to be able to have services um, is definitely going to happen, um, including restaurants and businesses. I think if mandates or tax incentives happen, it's going to be in that that business level first. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. And so, I mean, we're going to draw this interview to a conclusion here shortly, but if you're out there and you're not composting, I mean, I encourage you to 
you know, go onto the World Wide Web and um, just find the resources in your own community. I mean, there's something out there everywhere. Um, and it's really easy to get started. And I, even my parents started composting. So shout out to Mary Ellen and Tim. Um, and I was even thinking, like, I mean, you can share compost bins. I mean, if you have one that's too big for your own house, I mean, get get on it with a neighbor. I mean, you don't have to do this alone. And it's, again, more fun with other people, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you're not in the Missoula area, um, Compost Now is a website, and they have resources for all over the nation about where you can compost Um, and we have resources on our website for indoor and outdoor composting help if you want to do it yourself and so there's a bunch of different modalities and we even have a a flow chart to help you pick which one works for you awesome i'll check that out and let's talk a little bit about your stats for 2020 because um, I know that you guys have been working really hard and it's always so nice at the end of the year to kind of conclude and be able to see like, again, how many pounds of this and how many gallons of that. Um, I know that I, I produce maybe, let's see, 10 gallons a month or something. So I've contributed <laughs> to your numbers quite a, a bit, bit and we've just started uh, composting at my work. So that's awesome. We're signed up with uh, Soft Landing Missoula and the United We Eat Project. Um, so yeah, just super excited because again, we, we cook a lot and it's just like, it's such a shame to just put it in the trash. It just kind of breaks my heart at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This year we did fairly well considering, um, we had a lot of members cancel and most of our, um, our commercial members canceled, um, just due to the pandemic and cost cuts. Um, but we still had a significant number of growth, I think, because people are thinking about this maybe more than they were before. Um, but yeah, in 2020, we diverted about 54,000 pounds of food scraps and that every single one of those food scraps was on a bike at some point um, nice. around Missoula. Again, shout out to that bike brigade. You guys work so hard. And um I think it's cool to look at how much carbon we've sequestered into the soil out of the atmosphere, and that's 32,000 pounds of carbon, which is hard to imagine what that looks like or feels like, but that is carbon that is no longer in our our air, and now it is in our soil. Um, So it can go to growing big, healthy plants. Lots of garden gang vegetables. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and about 3,000 pounds of CO2 uh, were saved out of the environment just by using bicycles. Um, Awesome. Like, I love that part of the operation. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a huge, it's huge for this community, I think, you know, just in general. And we live, you know, in this valley. We have air quality problems all the time. Um, So, again, this is helping to, you know, fluctuate those numbers as well so kudos to you (laughs) um so what do you want people to take away from this interview i mean if you can kind of give them you know any kind of words of advice or something that might make them think about it differently what do you want people to know about composting um man that's a great question i think there's a lot of things but find a system that works for you um and it's going to look different in every single household. You might have kiddos, then getting a worm bin 
where you can feed your kitchen scraps to these worms and learn about the worm anatomy and create really wonderful soil for your houseplants might be a great fit because you guys get to interact in um, a better way where if you have some extra income and you want to pay a service like ours to come pick up food scraps and you don't really have to ever think about them, you just set a bucket on your porch um, and we come and empty it out, like do that. Um, but whatever you're doing, take an assessment of your, your food waste um, and that can even be like shopping more frequently and not letting things go bad. Um, but makes your trash smell less gross. You don't have to take your trash out as often. You're making great soil for farmers to grow food. Um, yeah, it's not going to the landfill. So there's a lot of takeaways, um, but just practicing composting is huge and it'll be a skill you have for the rest of your life and just be kind to yourself because you'll make lots of mistakes yes make sure to peel those stickers off your oh, apples yes. that's Thank the you. worst you're welcome that's why i they're all over my house i like to stick them on the counter put them over here but yeah you know i what i would say is that it's not as scary as it sounds it's like it's pretty easy and you're like oh i'm gonna have this stinky bucket and this bucket's going to be on my counter and there's going to be fruit flies and there's going to be this. It's like, no, it's really, it's nothing. It's like I chop my vegetables. I'm cooking all the time. I put it on the countertop bucket and like every other day I take it outside. Like yeah, pretty straightforward. And for the price of like a Netflix account, you know, I'm doing something major and it's easy. Yeah, like two beers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe four if you live here, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. Don't um, <laughs> shh. So thank you so much again. Um, I can't wait to talk more with you as we do more of these um, podcasts and thanks everybody for tuning in and listening um, please share this with your friends your neighbors anybody you think might be interested and as always remember to let your freak flag fly thank you thank you <laughs>